Hello, you're listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy this message. While you turn into Esther chapter 2, Jesus. And I promise we're going to stay, unless the Lord say different, right in that one chapter. Now I challenge you during the course of the week to read the entire book of Esther. It's a phenomenal book. It's an, a book of encouragement. Uh-huh. Just because it's, it's Esther, it's not that my men in the house can't learn a lot from it. Uh, but I, I challenge you to read it. But we're going to stay in Esther chapter 2 because I want to start with Esther to the sense that her past. The title is, I have a past, but I still have decisions, decisions, decisions to make. I have a past, but I still have some decisions to make. Now let's talk about that word decision before we start reading about Esther. And I tell you, the way to get something from the Lord is to be honest with the Lord. So when the word is going forth, don't worry about whether somebody else is receiving it. Don't worry about how somebody else is viewing it. You say, Lord, show me me in your word. Show, Show me me, show me me. Now, a lot of times that's why church is great because the Lord can be correcting you and nobody know that you and the Lord. Now, every now and then, all the Thompson will be in the grave and he'll scream, ouch. He just wants y'all to know it. Yeah, Lord, definitely. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, 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 know, you get a spanking and everybody knows. And then yeah. sometimes you get one in the squad. Either way, if you take in what God has to say, mm-hmm. you will be better. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a past, but I still have decisions, decisions, decisions to make. Well, a decision is a conclusion or a resolution reached after consideration. A decision is something that you come up with after there has been some type of thinking, some type of meditating on that thought, some type of counsel sometimes before I make a decision. But a decision is the conclusion of counsel, meditation, or some thought. I come up with a plan of action, and that's what I'm going to do. That's called a decision. Now, in life, we have to make decisions every single day. Some of those decisions are so small, and some of the decisions we make every day are so routine that we make decisions and we don't even think about it. Amen. We don't even think about it. But everything we do is a matter of a decision. To get out the bed in the morning is a decision. Well, to, to get dressed, brush the teeth, get dressed. All of that's, that's a decision. We call it a routine. We've just gotten so in the habit, but we are un- subconsciously making decisions every single day. Mm-hmm. Which route to take to work? That's a decision. Yes. What we're eating for dinner, that's a decision. Sounds good. Yeah, what we're wearing, that's a decision. Yeah. The job we take, that's a decision. Uh-huh. The promotion we either we reject or accept, that's a decision. Whether who to marry, that's a decision. Yeah. Whether to have kids, that's another decision. Where do we live? That, think of the amount of decisions that we make, knowingly or unknowingly, every single day. Here's a good one. The fact that you got up and came to church was a decision. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gave it some thought. 
You weighed out the pros and cons, and you made some type of conclusion, and you acted on that decision. We make them all the time. Yes. The scripture that says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, for he shall direct your path. In all thy decision making, acknowledge him, and he shall direct that path. Imagine the decisions that we make on a daily basis. Man. Whether or not I stop at the food line or whether I call Mike and say, I really don't want to, can you stop? That's a decision. Yeah. My gas light is on. Whether I stop, church, <laughs> or whether I say, Lord, I can't wait till I get home. That's a decision. Now, here's the part. There are consequences to all of our decisions, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make them so freely. But we have to weigh the consequences. Now, children are of the mindset. They make decisions, but they don't go the step further and weigh the consequences. The older we get, we make decisions, but those decisions are based on wisdom, meaning I've already thought about the consequence of this decision. Mm -hmm. I've weighed the pros and cons, so my decisions come about, and they have a lot to do with the pros and cons that will happen. Well, that's what we call acting in wisdom. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wisdom is I'm gonna weigh this thing out before I come up with a resolution and find out which is more beneficial to me, and that's the road I will take. Uh -huh. The problem with our society now, there's a plastic thing, Mike, that I can swipe and get stuff. <laughs> I used to call that thing a gift. It's like magical. You can swipe this thing and you can get stuff. And that takes away my decision making for the future. Because my flesh right now, Cheryl tells me, swiping is a good decision. You're going to look good tomorrow. Just swipe it today. What wisdom, as I get older, realizes that decisions I make today have a lasting effect on tomorrow. Yes. Boy, can you imagine if we had thought about those decisions a little differently in our youth? Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but you know, I tried to give a little counsel and tell people to keep your little limit, credit limit that they give you at a certain amount. Uh -huh. I ain't calling no names, I'm gonna look this way. So, no, the little nice people tell the bundle of joy, no, you can get this much. But before we leave the house, it's a good thing to have a piece of plastic, well, Elder Thompson, because you uh, live in this society where it can work for you good, right? Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. But you got to know your limitations. So wisdom and wise counsel said, I don't care what they're going to give you, you tell them you only want this much. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, we get there and I think we exceeded, you know, you know they're going to give you this much. So you figure this much, a good thing. My, my, my. I ain't looking over there, ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm looking uh -huh. over here. So we go and we get what they say and realize, uh-oh, it was good while it lasted. Amen? Well. So we made some decisions. Love you, little girl. Made some decisions that now I'm reaping the consequence. But aren't you glad we have a patient and loving God? Hallelujah. That will still love me through my bad decisions. 
and watch this. He will allow me an opportunity to go back around that bend and show how much wisdom I've got, and I can do it over and do it right. Yeah. It's called a retake. He'll let you take that test again. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. So we have a past, though, and the past impacts my decisions that I make today. Now, I want to talk about Esther before we start reading. I want y'all to know Esther um, was a woman that had a past. My, my. Not necessarily that the word of God said Esther did a lot of horrible things. But your past sometimes is developed out of things that happened to you, not because of you. Things have happened to us in our past that we had no control over. If I go and get the credit limit that I cannot handle, that's something I did in my past. But there are certain things that have happened to us, if we're honest with the Lord, that we had no control over. And unless we deal with those things, they will constantly impact the decisions I make today. But I found to be very sad uh-huh. is because I began to study and it says one in 71 men and one in five women have experienced an attempted or completed rape committed by a partner. Uh-huh. Things that are horrible uh-huh. have happened to us uh-huh. in our past. See, there's a difference now. Listen now, and this is where people develop a bad taste in their mouths with the Lord and it's sometimes hard to get through to them because they're trying to figure out why did this happen to me? Not because of me. Why did it happen to me? Listen to this. There are currently more than 400,000 children in foster care in the United States right now. More than 400,000. Now, children don't get to decide who their parents are, nor do they get to decide the conditions under which they're born into. So for whatever the reason, there are at least 400,000 children that are in foster care right now. It is not speaking of those that are in homes that need to be in foster care, yeah? yeah? because of the condition. These are the ones that are reported. The average age of a child in foster care is more than eight years old. Mm. And there are slightly, guess what, more boys than girls. There are slightly more boys than girls. So the young men already come out with a sense of being behind, even in foster care. There are more of them. They have the stigma that they've been taken away or not wanted, even in foster care. My, my, my. I'm telling you, I have a past. I have a past. But my past does not determine my future if I make the right decisions. I want y'all to know something as I was studying one of the statistics that stuck with me. We have a tendency to think that when we deal with the Lord, it is a white and a black issue. Yeah, we do. 
There's a whole lot of other races that need Jesus and have been impacted by their past. Listen to this statistic. 60% of American Indians and Alaskan Native women will be physically assaulted in their lifetime. 60% of Native Americans. Where is that coming from? They, there are 60% of this culture's women that will have something horrible happen to them, not because of them, but it will happen to them. About 2.3 million people. This is worldwide. Listen to this. If we don't deal with our past and let the Lord heal us of our past, all of my decisions that I ever make will be tainted. All of my decisions I will make when it comes to people in relationships will be tainted. All of my decisions will be funneled through a lens of my past. 2.3 million people worldwide are raped or physically assaulted each year. 2.3 million people. So there are people that dress up every day people that you work with every day and not know it, they look great on the outside. Well. But who knows what has happened on the inside? I have a past, but I still have some decisions to make. Our black men are in trouble. In 2014, African-American constituted or consisted of 2.3 million, or 34% of the total 6.8 million people in the correctional population. We are the ones, African-Americans, are why they have jails. Jesus. Though African-Americans and Hispanics make up approximately 32% of the U.S. population, watch this, between African-Americans and Hispanics make up approximately 32% of the U.S. population, listen to this, they comprise 56% of all incarcerated people. Wow. We have a past. Here's the part, what's gonna happen to all these people with this sort of past without Jesus Christ? What's gonna happen with, with them if they cannot deal and manage and be delivered from their past. Now let's go to Esther and see what happens. Mm -hmm. If you start at Esther chapter 2 verse 1, mm -hmm. it says, after these things, when the wrath of King Asherses was appeased, he remembered Vashti, that was his former wife. If you read chapter 1, she wouldn't listen, she wouldn't obey, he had to get rid of her. That's in layman's terms. I don't recommend anybody do that today, there's more to it, but he got rid of that, okay? and what she had done and was decreed against her. And then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, let there be a fair young virgin sought for the king. Mm -hmm. So the king gets rid of his wife. I gotta find me another. So let's put something into place. Now you're gonna have to have a queen king. So let's figure out how to get this done. Verse 3, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace 
and to the house of the women unto the custody of Hagar, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. In other words, go get all the fair virgins, bring them to the palace, and let's prepare them to be presented to the king. And let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Ashtis. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. So now a plan is set in place that our king is to come up with and find a new queen. So far, so good. He was pleased. Verse 5. Now in Shushan the palace where there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jai, the son of Shimon, and the son of Kish, a Benjamin. Verse 6, and whom have been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which have been carried away unto Jephthah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Mordecai, in all the wars and the captivity, had got taken away from his homeland, and now he is here. I'm telling you, sometimes all the winds and the cares of life can push you from your place, but God still can use you wherever you land. God still can use you wherever you land. Some of us have a difficult past, and we found ourselves, when we finally got back on our feet, as the oldest saints would say, we found ourselves in a different spot, but God still can use us wherever we land. I'm going to share something to you, but it was comical yesterday. You know, the winds were whipping up. Still windy today. Michael and I pulled out of the garage yesterday. The door goes up. And the leaves were blowing, Mama, just the one swaying. Michael hits the button for the garage door to go down. All the time said the garage door wouldn't go down. Okay. So he tries it again. The garage door wouldn't, the wind just the whipping. And when we looked real good, there were leaves that kept blowing back and forth. Mm. <laughs> I said, Mike, it's the leaves. They're just leaves. They're, is it that sensitive? Uh-huh. We sat there a minute, like crazy people, hoping no neighbors were looking, trying to get the door down. And finally, there was this leaf that was sitting right in the path of the door. So I jumped out of the truck to pick up a simple leaf and move. Now I said, now push it down. We picked it up and the door went down. No matter where that leaf landed, that door, if it was in the path of my door, it wouldn't go down. That was just a simple leaf. As I was studying, the Lord says, you were whipped and you were tossed come to on, Come on, Pastor, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But wherever come you on. land, I'll give you a leaf. You can have an impact. My 600-pound door could not close for a tiny little leaf. My, my, my. I did ask my husband, can you pick up the leaves for me? Can we, can we sweep? Because the wind kept kicking up. But that door with all of its power and all of its authority couldn't slam because of that tiny little leaf. I don't care where you whipped and blown. Yeah, there's still power and authority in you. Certain things just won't happen to you. I don't care where you land because Jesus is in you. Let's see what happened. Man. Verse 7, and he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. And she had neither father nor mother. 
Esther getting a glimpse in her past. Esther is an orphan. Mama. Ah. Esther, Esther for all practical purposes, sort of raise her uncle or someone, a male figure is raising her. I love talking about Esther because Esther was the first glimpse of a tomboy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Esther probably didn't get her hair done and probably didn't get the nails done and look all cute. Esther was raised by a male. Esther probably was the girl out there in the street fighting like the boy. She was out there playing football when the other girls were playing jacks. She was out there running around getting her knees scraped up when everybody else wanted to be cute. Esther was an orphan. Her past. Well, I'm telling you, if you don't understand that Jesus Christ can still do great things in you, regardless as to your past, you will let Satan suck the life right out of your future. The word of God says that he, Jesus himself, is not limited by your past. Thank you, Jesus. You are the only one that's remembering that and holding that. He says, I don't care where you are and what you've been through. If the hand of the Lord is on you, great things still can happen. Here's Esther. She had no father, no mother. And the maid now, she had a couple things going for her. She was fair and beautiful. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Esther had a, didn't have mom and daddy, but she was a cute tomboy. How about that? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. She, fair and beautiful, who Mordecai, when her father and her mother were dead, took for his own daughter. Uh-huh. Right now, if you stop with Esther, you're thinking not too much is going to come of her. Right, right. I don't think you're going to get, Esther is your first Cinderella story. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Esther, before Disney even put Cinderella in the play, there was an Esther. Uh-huh. There was a rough and raggedy Esther. Oh. Let's see what happens. And so it came to pass when the king's command and his decree was heard. And when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Hagar, to Esther, was brought also unto the king's house, to the custody of Hagar, the keeper of the women. So they take Esther in, and Hagar is like the fairy godmother. Oh, well. she gonna clean up this little dirty Esther. <laughs> she gonna teach her how to use a fork. She gonna say, Esther, you don't sit like that. Sit like a lady. Esther, like, I don't know what a lady sit like. Show me. So Hagar is like the fairy godmother. All right. They brought her in unto her. Verse 9. And the maiden, watch this, pleased him. And she obtained kindness of him. And he expediently gave her things for purification and such things as belonged to her and seven maidens, which were meant for me to be given unto her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Listen to me. I don't care what your past looks like. The hand of the Lord on you will give you favor. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in places and you sat around and you heard other people's past and they sound like their testimony is the silver spoon in the mouth mm -hmm. and you're the only one with the dysfunctional family with Bubba and Day Day. 
Well, so you decide not to share your story? Yeah. <laughs> you decide to keep it to yourself because usually at most family reunions, somebody's going to call somebody a name and we're going to fight. <laughs> you don't ever have no story. So I just kind of keep my little testimony to myself. But everybody articulates how they came from this pedigree and how this one went to college and how their parents accomplished this and how this is how you can. Now you're amongst professionals, but you don't really want to share your story because yours didn't turn out that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. You ever have a relative that tell you, don't meet me at work, I'll come to you, don't come to me. <laughs> uh -huh. You ever have a relative, no, 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 you had to come to the house, I'll come pick it up. You ever have a relative uh -huh. that you hear them before they get to the house like a block away? You ever have those? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of just ringing the bell, they hollering your name through the door. Yeah, those, 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 those. You tell them, just get in here, close the door, and bring your voice down. You have me alone? So Esther now is with a whole different group of women from all areas in the province. Mm -hmm. Most of them, they came from ritzy parts of town. Most of them, daddies were landowners or farmers. Most of them had businesses. Here is Esther. Don't even know how to sit or maybe hold a fork like a lady. Not dressed properly. So she's sitting amongst them an orphan. I wonder what God can do with an orphan. Mm. I wonder what God can do with you and your past. Mm. I just wonder. You're waiting and you, you've actually sold yourself short because you didn't have the experience of somebody else. But I wonder what God can really do for you if you just let it. Amen. Verse 10. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. Look at verse 11. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Mama. Now when every maid's turn was come to go into the king, Cersei's after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of women. Listen, it's a process dealing with our past. Mm -hmm. I want y'all to really read Esther this week. But it's a process. In order for you to make the right decisions, I have a past, but I still have decisions, but there's a process that you have to go through to get to where God wants you. It took Esther and those women going through a process to be presented to the king. Mm -hmm. Most of us want to come out of our past and want there to be some overnight miracle. It's not going to happen. He says, when I saved you, you're now no longer entrapped by your past. But trust me, the past is still there. We talked the other week about being washed over and over again. Mm -hmm. We talked about there is a process out of stepping out of my past into my present. It took these women a long time to be prepared, even to be presented to the king. I have some decisions that I have to make, but it's a process. I don't know, I'm not living on my own accord. I'm not walking in man's wisdom. I'm now walking in the wisdom of God. So it's a process that I must learn. What would Jesus do? I have to get in the word and find out. It's a process. Yeah. The things that I used to say, I don't say no more. It's a process. 
I remember right after I got saved in one of my responses, I was still short with somebody, Trish, a week later, and I thought the Lord took my salvation back. <laughs> I thought he was like, oh, you messed up, you don't have it no more. And then I learned it's not in that. When I got saved, I gave my heart to the Lord. Now what I do is when I err, I ask to forgive and keep on me. He does not revolt or take his salvation away. Hallelujah. I thought, Lord, I messed up. I yelled at my brother again. And Lord, you know I tried not to. It's been a week I gave my heart to the Lord, but you tested me. So I snapped like I used to, church. And the Lord said, no, you're still saved, but it's a process. We give up on the things of God because we refuse to go through the process. They had to stay there for 12 months. Still in verse 12, it says, For so were the days of their purification accomplished, to wit, six months with oil and myrrh, and six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. Took a whole year just to be prepared to be presented to the king. Mama. We feel like if God doesn't change some things in our past, and we feel like if I'm not over something in two months, then I must not be saved on letting it go. Well. I must not know Jesus like I say I do if I still am challenged with this one thing. No, it takes time to deal with your past. You've been living a certain way your whole life and you give your heart to the Lord and you expect something different. You know they say, look at your hands and your hands look new. No, not really. Well. Look at your feet and they did too. No, not really. It takes a process. Sanctification itself is a process. Amen. So verse 13, then thus came and remained unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go, and her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went, and on tomorrow she returned into the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazai, the king's concubine, chamberlain, I'm sorry, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her and that she will call by name. So they went through this process. You're preparing to see the king. And then unless the king wants to see you again, you're not coming back in. It's like the dating game. If he won't ask you the second time. <laughs> so all of them had a chance to see the king. But whether you were staying was whether the king asked for you a second time. Now remember, look, look, Esther, the orphan Esther, fair and beautiful, took a whole year just to be prepared to see the king. My question to the Lord when I was studying, Lord, what made her stay there a whole year? Why didn't Esther rebel? Why didn't Esther feel like, you know what, I don't have half what these women have. Why must I go through this? Obedience is going to help you make the best decisions. I don't want to forfeit my future out of disobedience. Verse 15, now with the turn of Esther, here comes Esther's turn. Finally, after 12 months, after being prepared, now I know how to sit and act like a lady. Now I'm looking like all the other ladies. Now I'm even talking like all the other ladies. Here comes my turn. 
Naomi, the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abiel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Hagar, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor. Don't ever underestimate the favor of God. I don't care what my past is, if I have God's favor, uh-huh. the favor will fill in the gaps for what my past has left behind. I don't care what my experiences have been in my past, the favor of God will propel me to where God wants me to go. I have a past. Ask God to heal it. But my decisions for my future are not based on my past. They're based on where I am in the favor of God. Esther, the orphan, has the favor of God. I don't have anybody's good name to to count for me. I don't have anybody speaking highly. I just have the favor of God. I don't need anybody else. I need somebody that can take the approval from me today, speak highly of me today and talking about me tomorrow. I need the favor of God moving in my life. Uh I want to live so if God gives me favor, that's all I need. Favor will open doors that man can't. Favor will give provision where man can't. Favor will cancel debt when man wants to accuse you. Favor will allow you to move in areas that God wants you to go. See, favor is extended because the Lord knows you're not qualified anyway. You're going to need a little help. Esther, if you go on your own, you're not going to get it. So I'm going to do you a favor and let my favor go before you. Stop trying to get in front of God because his favor's not there yet. Mm. Yeah, you're going to try to get the job on your own and get it out of the timing of God, and they're going to tell you no. But if you wait patiently on the Lord and let the favor get there before you, let the favor get in front of you, not you get in front of God's favor. See, when I act in the flesh or make my own decisions, I get in front of the favor of God. So the favor of God was with Esther. The favor of God was on her life, orphan and all, challenging past, verse 16. So Esther was taken unto the king of Xerxes, into his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month of Tabah, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king immediately loved Esther above all the women. When the favor of God there is you can be yourself with your past and God will open the door. The king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vesti. Here's the thing. When you have the favor of God, The plans of God will be executed in your life. Favor of God is not meant to extend and bring to pass your plans. Mm -hmm. I make plans. I want God to bless it, and I want him to give me favor to cause that thing to pass. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't do that. 
Mm -hmm. I make your plans. I set your path. I give you favor where I'm taking you. Mm -hmm. You don't be disobedient and go to the left and ask for my favor to follow. I'm not going over there. You get with me. Esther, an orphan, was obeying what was told the entire 12 months, and the favor of God went before her. The king saw Esther and all of her past, all that she's been through, and the favor of God went before her. I wonder how many orphans and damaged people have the favor of God on their lives. I wonder, out of those 400,000 orphans that we have now, how many of those young people are going to grow to be strong and anointed women of God because they have the favor of God on them? Yes. I wonder how many in here now have had a difficult past, but you still don't realize that the favor of God is hovering over your life. Bye -bye. Yeah. 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 Verse 18, then the king made a great feast. See, when the favor of God is in your life, there's celebration. Yes. When the favor of God, there's a reason to give God thanks. When the favor of God is working in your life, things happen that you don't have to work for. The king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the province and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat at the king's gate. The uncle is there to witness them. Is my orphan niece? What is, has become of her? I sent her into this palace, a tomboy. What has become of her? Please don't tell me somebody took advantage of her. Please don't tell me, Sister Cheryl, she got ashamed and disappointed because she wasn't like the girl. See, when Esther started this race, she was behind. Ooh. See, y'all starting off behind, but the problem is y'all get out the race. Help me, Lord. Y'all start looking at all those marathon runners and they starting off all fast. I don't have nothing to do with how y'all start off. I just need to stay in the race. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to run like you. I ain't fit yet like that. Right? I ain't been exercising like you. I need to take it slow and steady. I'm not trying to come out the gate running fast. Have you ever been at a red light and somebody in a hoop did trying to get next to a Corvette? You better slow down more for your, for your transmission. Yeah. You slow and steady. You better keep Keep going, but don't try to keep up with somebody else. So Mordecai sent in his orphan niece. Hasn't seen her in a long time. Wonder what became of my niece. I had to send her because they called for all the virgins. What happened to her? I wonder what's going to happen when the favor of God explodes in your life. I wonder what's going to happen and what doors are going to open when you let your past be your past and make the decision to follow Jesus. I wonder how you're going to look later. My, my, my. Man. See, I'm not, Mordecai wasn't so caught up in how Esther looked at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Stop getting caught up in how stuff looks at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Stop getting caught up and it doesn't look good when it started out. Start Stop getting caught in the fact that I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul now. I'm just glad I'm paying somebody. I'm just glad I'm paying Peter. I'm on Paul. Thank you for somebody I paid today. Life's still on. Glory to God. I'm not look 
looking at all the bills. God, give me grace to get the important ones downstairs. I, I, I just want to keep the roof on that. I can go to so-and-so house to get something to eat. Let me just be sustained for a moment. We keep looking at the big He says, take it one step at a time. Esther had so much against her. Mordecai figured, I'll send you because I have to. But even Mordecai probably said, I'm not expecting much to happen because I know my niece passed. I know my niece used to doing boy stuff, and she ain't all that clean. I know my niece, she pretty now, but she ain't all that dainty. I mean, just don't hurt my niece. Sit on back to me. She can work the fields with me. Mordecai won't think it much of what Esther could do. He didn't know, but I have to send her anyway. So now after an encounter with Jesus, the favor of God on your life, how does she look now? How you like me now? My, my, my. It says that when the virgins had gathered together the second time, there Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not showed her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him. In other words, she obeyed him. In those days, while Mordecai sat at the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlain, Ashim and Tara, of those which kept the door, were wrought and sought to lay hands on the king. Now, this is, goes into what Mordecai reveals that they were trying to get back at the king. And the thing was known to Mordecai, and listen what he did, who told it unto Esther the queen. This is the acknowledgement, but Mordecai knows now. Esther now is the queen. I sit, for lack of a better word, my raggedy niece in here. I was trying to think of a nice word. And now this niece has now carries the title of queen. This niece now that really, I sent you because I had to, now is in a place of authority. Favor will give you authority. Favor will set you in front of great men. Favor will give provision. Pray, favor will give you influence. Favor will give you a big voice. And so as you read the remainder of this chapter, Esther is going to be used to deliver and save her people. So I don't care what your past is. I don't care. Don't, don't stay in the past. Don't let all your horrible situations, whether it was the orphan, whether it was something physically that happened to you, whether somebody took advantage of you, don't let that thing in the past rob you of what God wants to do in your future. All right. If he can extend favor to Esther, he can extend favor to you. Uh-huh. If he can set you amongst great, if she can set Esther amongst great men, he can set you amongst great men. Yes. Who really knows? Who really knows what God wants to do in your life? If you just let him. Thanks for listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. If you're interested in joining us on Sundays, our services are held at the Clarence Cuffey Community Center at 2019 Windy Road, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23324. Our Sunday morning service is held at 1 p.m. and our Bible studies are held on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Join us and be blessed and remember, there's life in the word.